Lucrae right now, you locked in with Generation Motivation, my man Jay Money. I tried to warn them, told them it was coming, but they ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. They tried to knock it, but they couldn't stop it, because they ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. They ain't ready What's happening, A? It's your boy Jay Snipes, a.k.a. Jay Money, a.k.a. the podcaster of the people. And I'm here with another interview, man. Generation Motivation, the podcast, you know what we try to do. We try to uplift, we try to motivate, and we try to, you know, touch the community and, and, and reach out to as many people that can bring that positive energy. And, um, hey, I got a special guest. Hey, this is, this, is, this is family right here. This is family right here. We go way back. A special dude, uh, Gideon Azuzor, actually, now his official title is Lieutenant Commander in the U.S. Public Health Service, but um, I call him Gideon, and uh, I call him family, so uh, Gideon, hey man, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, sir, and uh, definitely family, definitely thanks family. for having me. Yeah, man, yeah, you know, and um... I definitely wanted to do a segment pertaining to health because of, you know, obviously everything that's going on in the world right now with, uh, with COVID, um, COVID is just, you know, the latest of the health concerns. Obviously it was so many other things that have taken place prior to that, but of of course with the pandemic and and everything that's, um, that's, that's going on right now, the the surge in the numbers with the, the hospital hospitalization, uh, you know, um, rates rising up and low vaccine uh, vaccination rates um so I, I definitely wanted to do something special and be able to uh, have a platform where we can you know transfer some of this information and knowledge uh to the public man so i definitely you know appreciate you taking the time to share with us um now with your role as lieutenant lieutenant commander kind of kind of give us some insight as to what that role is all right, so thank you. Thank you for a great question. So, uh, as you mentioned, I'm a lieutenant commander in the United States uh, Public Health Service. Now, the U.S. Public Health Service is one of the eight uniformed services in, in the country. So, essentially, you have the uh, Army, you have the Navy, you have Air Force, you have, obviously, the Space Force, uh, you have Coast Guard, and then you have what you call the United States Public Health Service, and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Commission Corps Offices. That, that's, that's a, ma- a mouthful. So essentially the first five are your military branch. Those are the ones with the guns. Those are the ones that can actually go to war on behalf of the nation. The remaining two are your non-military branch. And the, the public health service essentially deals with the war against disease. You know, we, we deployed during pandemics. We, we deployed during uh, 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 natural disasters. And then the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, those are the ones, I call them the storm chasers. They are the ones that take a look at the weather and, you know, look at patterns and, and, and all that stuff. So um, the United States Public Health Service uh, comprises of physicians, um, nurses, pharmacists, uh, therapists, um, veterinarians, uh, dentists, it's, it's about 11 categories, and these are just highly trained individuals. Now, the United States Public Health Service is one of the services without an enlisted branch, so officers. So you have folks who are MDs, you have folks who are PAs, 
PhDs, PsychDs. So my category is I'm in a nurse category. So essentially when I deploy, I deploy in that capacity. Now my day-to-day job, I work for the Defense Health uh, uh, Agency uh, where I oversee uh, strategic efforts and mission priority placement of public health service offices in the areas of mental health and traumatic brain injury. That's what I do in my full-time job. And when I deploy, I essentially deploy as a nurse and I, I fulfill that role, role as, as a nurse. My last deployment was to uh, uh, Zuni, uh, New Mexico. Um, so Zuni is a Zuni tribe. It's a Native American tribe. So I was there for about 40 days or so. And I got a chance to take care of uh, a, a tribe that I never actually knew existed, to be quite honest with you. So I was embedded with them, um, took care of the young, old, the babies. Um, it was a fulfilling experience. And um, so essentially, that is what I do uh, when when I deploy. Okay. Well, you know what? First and foremost, I want to take the time out to thank you for your service. Um, you know, because like you said, man, it's uh, I'm sure it's it's rewarding and fulfilling, man. But everyone is not built for it, and everyone's not cut out for it. You know, everyone can't say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and leave my family, my wife, and my two kids, and I'm going to go, you know, try to serve and help someone else's family and their kids, you know what I'm saying, and I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and leave for two months, and, you know, and risk life, life and limb and, and, and things of that nature, man, so, you know, on behalf of, uh, you know, Generation Motivation, myself, and, and, and everyone that's listening, man. We definitely appreciate your service, man. It takes, you know, it takes someone special to be able to do that and and put others, you know, others' needs in front of theirs, man. So we appreciate that. No, thank you for that. And yes, you're right. Um, I have a fantastic wife, and I have, you know, a great support system. So I, I give a lot of credits to them, to be honest with you, because I couldn't do it without them. Yeah. Uh, but I have to make sure everything is in order before I leave home. So, you know, I sort of uh, take credit for that. I got to make sure the bills are paid up. I got to make sure everything is tight before I leave because the last thing I want to do is to be deployed. And I got some big problems at home. So, right. thank you. Thank you for, for that work, sir. Right. Oh, yeah, man. Definitely, definitely. Um, it's uh, That's awesome. You know, now, question for you. Where, where are you originally from? So, I'm originally from... Nigeria. Shout out to my Nigerian folks. Okay. Um, yeah, West Africa. Uh, I left Nigeria about 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, I was essentially born and raised in Nigeria. I left there when I was uh, about 20, I'll say. I left there. I had six dimes in my pocket <laughs> when I came to the United States. Six dimes? And now, is that slang for something else, or is that literally? No, literally. <laughs> literally six dimes and a place to stay. Uh, you know, I stayed with my dad for about seven months. So I had six dimes and I had I had a dream. I had a big dream. And, you know, through through grit and not giving up, I was like, I, I have to amount to something. You know, I could have fallen into that trap, you know, and got into uh, drug dealings and, and all that stuff and fraud. But I knew, you know, education was my key. So I just I put my head down and I just grind grinded. I just did what I had to do. Uh, got my nursing degree and worked at different large metropolitan hospitals in, in Atlanta from your Grady. I started at Grady and then I went to Wells.
Dallas Star. I went to Emory. Uh, at some point, I was with the VA. And then, you know, I joined the Air Force as a, as a flight nurse. Uh, um, deployed to Afghanistan, deployed to Qatar. And then in the process, I found out about uh, the United States Public Health Service. And then I made that transition um, to what I'm doing right now. Wow. But yeah, shout out to my folks in Nigeria. Hey, man, so, so question for you. So at that time when you came to the U.S., like, did you know exactly... I know you had a dream. Now, what was your? What did your dream comprise of? When you say you wanted to make something of your, your, yourself, like, did you know you wanted to go in the in the in the health field or? No, I, I wanted to rap. Are you serious? I, I wanted to be a rapper. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was. I wanted. I mean, I'm MC Gidoski. Especially when 
it first kind of started to make its rounds in the news. Because I know you went to Hawaii first, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So what was going through your mind when you're reading everything? And now, granted, you, you I'm sure you're privy to, you know, a higher level of uh, information than we are, obviously. But um, what was kind of going through your mind as, you know, you start to see all this information come out in the news, knowing that you're going to have to deploy. No one really knows or has a handle on what the virus is. I mean, you know, how we can contain it. We didn't have any vaccines. Um, you know, people, are, I mean, we shutting whole countries down. So what was going through your mind when you, you know, got tapped on the show and said, hey, you, you have to deploy to Hawaii and, um, you know, you're treating those that, or were you, now, were you actually treating those that were infected yeah. with COVID? You were, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, they, they, so I was part of the, I call it the phase one of the response. That was the um, sort of the quarantine phase. Okay. Right? Because I was sent to Hawaii where a majority, that was one of the port of entry of people coming from China. Okay. Okay. So I was, I was sent there to essentially sort of sort people coming from China or other places like in Japan and Korea, close to those places, uh, you know, doing screening to make sure that they've not been exposed and if they've been exposed, you know, do we need to quarantine, you know, for a certain period of time and, you know, dealing with the legal aspect of, um, you know, actually putting folks in isolation because we've not done this in such a long time. Uh, so that was what I was doing now. I, to your question about what was going through my mind, I, I, I was scared, to be honest with you, because, uh, you know, when I was in the Air Force, I, I, I tell folks, being in the Air Force and being deployed to Afghanistan was much easier than deploying to Hawaii. Wow. Right? During the quarantine phase, you know, Hawaii is a beautiful place. Um, and I mean, it's not, it's not lying that I had a good, ultimately, I had a good time serving and, and experiencing culture over there. Because uh, in Afghanistan, in a way, unless it's a sniper, mm-hmm. you can kind of see the enemy, right? Right. Because we had uniforms. I knew who my Navy folks are. I knew who the Marines are. I knew who the NATO forces are. You can see that. And you can see the signs that say, don't go over the fence. There are mines over there. Wow. But with a virus, you have no clue. You don't know who's. And of course, you know, Hollywood has uh, sort of uh, uh, prepared our minds uh, for sort of the worst. You see those movies, right? Contagion and all that stuff. So that was what I was thinking. Like, okay, go there. Uh, I get exposed without even knowing it. And then I bring it home to my family. Right. Or, or uh, I get exposed and I get, I get put into quarantine. And after my deployment, I get put into quarantine for a length of time. And I'm, um, that essentially extended my time away from my family. Right. Those are the things. Those are the things going through my mind. So the funny story is um, when I, I got there, the second day of being at the airport, screening folks and all that stuff, I got I got sick. Oh, like really sick. And they told me, "Oh, this is normal. I think you're just being exposed to." The volcanic ash coming from the big island. Volcanic <laughs> ash. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking about volcanic ash. <laughs> Looking back now, it's like, man, was I really exposed to this thing? Right. 
exposed. That was before the vaccine. That was before we knew everything we knew about COVID nineteen and the symptoms, right? Right, right. Um, like you know, like after a while, we started hearing about the loss of taste and all that stuff. So right. I was sick for about three days, like really sick, and all of a sudden, I just got better yeah. and snapped out of it. Right. Uh, so yeah, so, so to answer your question, um, during the, that time. We honestly didn't have a lot of information. Just to be honest with you, we're still learning and about this virus, and and then me going there and what I knew as a human, as 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 a Christian, I had to go there looking at the, the folks coming from China as my brothers and sisters. I didn't want to look down on anybody, right? So that was I, I had to make sure that I went in. With that mindset, right? That these folks, it's not their fault. They're going through what they're going through right it's now. It's not their fault. Respect and dignity. So exactly. That was, yeah. Wow. Well, two two things. Uh, one, it's funny you say something about contagion because <laughs> because in the, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we sat down. My wife and kid, no, 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 I'm sorry, I didn't, the kids didn't watch it, but my wife and I did watch uh, Contagion, and this was like, probably, let me see, what, they shut the country down March of last year, so this was probably about April, April last year, we sat down and, and watched Contagion, and I was like, you, when you, I mean, when, when you say that that movie, I mean, I was like, is this a reality show? That's how close to what was taking place. The country was shutting down. I mean, people, you know, the media was sensationalizing. People were profiting off of it. Then you have to look at, the, you know, um, you know, Big Pharma, uh, you know, the monetary aspect. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. I was like, wow, this is actually happening now, I think the only yes. difference in the movie was when they said you need to social, socially distance, it was 10 feet instead of 6 feet. But everything else was almost almost to a T, to, to, the, to yes. the fact that it was scary. It did have a happy yes. ending, though. It did have a happy ending. So, yeah. um, so that was the first thing. And then the second thing, uh, volcanic ash. So, like, what is the long-term? <laughs> hey, look, what's the long-term effect of being exposed to that? I mean, that's, that's crazy. You, 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 we worried about a pandemic and, and a, another virus, and, and now we're talking about, you know, volcanic ash. And that goes to, and, and that we're probably going to touch on this later, it goes to the reality of the, the human assistance that is exposure to stuff you don't even know anything about. Right. You, you're probably exposed to things right now you've never heard of, you don't know anything about, and somehow you, you, you just kind of, you just go through, you know, you just, you survive, so to speak. Right. But that also speaks to, and this is, this is, this is one thing that, that needs to be discussed, it is how prepared are we as a community to handle those exposures? Like, because when you talk about health inequities, right, in, mm-hmm. in, in our communities, you know, what kind of food we eat? Do we get enough exercise? Do we get enough rest? Uh, what are the social determinants of health in these communities to prepare the body, right? Because the, the, the body is designed in such a way that it can fend off a lot of stuff, a lot of bugs, a lot of stress. But you have to equip the body with what it needs to be able to accomplish its purpose. Right. So, and, and so, and, you know, 
about social inequities or health inequities, a big part of it is, is some of our communities just didn't have what it took to be prepared for COVID-19. And so that was the perfect storm. So you have a, you have communities who didn't have their fences up, who didn't, who didn't have, uh, they, didn't, they didn't dig up the trenches just in right. case. Right. Well, we're talking about war. These, these are war terms. That, right, right, right. right. And, and, and then all of a sudden, this crazy virus, right, just comes in, this, this enemy comes in and just started wiping out communities. It is tragic. And I think once the dust is settled with COVID-19, these are the things we need to revisit in our communities. We need to find somehow, find a way, whether it's through policies, whether through education, in our education system, how do we prepare our communities for something like this? Because there's a chance this might happen again, but you can, you can, you, the, the, the ability to survive is is increased, right? When you are physically, mentally, you know, emotionally prepared for these things, right? Exactly, and that's um that's a great point that you touched on, <clears throat> being you know being prepared because I mean there are so many things that can possibly happen if you let your guard down. The yes. fact the fact that you know I'm and, and, and I'm, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm back it up. I'm gonna back it up. The fact that we went through this last year beginning of last year and to see that we're still making some of the same mistakes and we're almost you know almost a year and a half removed from it now that's that's the part that that you know you start to get uh worried about because now the general public has knowledge of covid they have information in terms of how to deal with it ways of you know protecting yourself and protecting others but yet, you still have people out here that don't take heed to it, which which scares me because you know bad decisions. It's just like it's just like when you're on a on a on a on a highway. Hey man, when you're driving, you gotta drive not only for yourself, but you have to drive for the other person as well. Yes. But you don't have people that are driving for the other person right now. All they they're worrying about is themselves, man. You know they're you know still going to work even though they're sick they're not you know getting tested to make sure i mean you know what i'm saying so it, it it just it's just that lapse in judgment man that can cause um that same destruction that we had a year uh, you know a year and a half ago man that's the scary I, I, part I, about it i, I tell you what I, I think covid is the enemy number one enemy the the, the second is misinformation yes I mean, that is, and, and then you bring them together, you have two big enemies yes. right then and there. Yes. And, and you know, I, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not going to go to the, into the uh, social political yeah. um, ram. Yes. Um, and, and, and that is why, you know, I'm on a quest to make sure that, you know, I'm presenting, um, you know, my community, my family with the right information.
you know, is, is it effective or, you know, is this another uh, Tuskegee experiment? Hey, I think I was I was one of those. I called you. <laughs> hey, hey, you can, you can put me on blast. I sure did. I sure did. I asked him about it. Well, guess what? <laughs> but there is, there is validity to your concerns, though, right? Yes. To your yes. doubts. Yes. I mean, Tuskegee, what is not like, we're not talking about you know, 200 years ago. I mean, this was recent. I mean, these things happened recently, so you have every right to say, okay, is this is this for, for real? And so I had to educate, you know, um, you know, family members and friends like it is. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I got the vaccine. Now, do I know the long-term effect of the vaccine? I really don't know, but, you know, I, I have to defend my action. I, I was getting deployed, right? I was getting exposed right. to COVID-19, and I did not want to succumb to this virus, and my wife mourns my death and questions why didn't I take the extra precaution of getting vaccinated. Wow. Right? Wow. And there are additional information that, you know, I kind of knew about the vaccine that gave me more confidence about the, uh, you know, vaccine. I think I shared that uh, with you. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, to, to, to our family out there, if you haven't gotten vaccinated, you know, I'm not compelling you to do so. I'm not. I, I am a lieutenant commander in the U.S. Public Health Service. I'm fully vaccinated, right? And I got vaccinated over, I'm up now, a while now. Uh, and I'm still talking, I'm healthy, I'm breathing. Um, you have to take the information I'm giving you um, about it. I'm not, I'm not uh, peddling um, the vaccine. Right. Um, you, you have to sort of consult with your doctor and make sure because obviously there's, there's going to be side effects. So you got to know where you are. You got to know your body and, you know, in consultation with your uh, healthcare uh, provider. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I was leaning towards getting vaccinated. You know, my wife is vaccinated. And, and all that stuff, but but misinformation is is become is becoming deadlier than uh, the virus itself. Wow. So now you have when you throw in politics and you know who's in power, what that person said, and and all that stuff, and that that has actually cost you know a lot of lives. Um, and then you throw in the fact that people's hygiene wasn't one hundred percent. I mean, why were we out of um, uh, uh, wipes and, and, and all that stuff. We should not be because if we were doing the things we're supposed to do, we should be fully stocked in the first place. Right, right. So that, that essentially exposed the the, the, <laughs> the state we were in as a nation when it comes to hygiene and, and all that stuff. Right, exactly. Um, well, I will say this. I did uh, listen to you and, 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 and you know, I took, I did, I took heat. You got it? Oh, yeah. I, 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 I got vaccinated. I, I'm now, I will, a hey, fully vaccinated, you know, we're, we're a vaccinated household. Um, awesome. Only one that couldn't take it is my daughter since she's 11, but, you know, my son took it, you know, 14. So, I, and it's just one of those situations, man, where it's scary because we are injecting something in our body. Yes. That, you know, it's unprecedented because we don't, as the average person, I mean, we're not privy to, the, you know, some of the information that, that you may have or, you know, things yeah. that go on behind the scenes. So all we see is, hey, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a pandemic and normally things go through research for years. 
they study it on, you know, yes. lab lab mice and, and all that. Yes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Next thing we know, hey, five or six months, we, I mean, down the road, did somebody telling us that you go, go ahead and get a needle stuck in it. So, it, I mean, that's, it, I mean, literally, that's and how it felt, you know? I, I, I got you, and I, I, I forgot to mention this. So, the, the reason why I felt more confident about getting vaccinated was the fact that we already had the technology for for for, uh, for this. So, um, can't give you too much information. I know. We already, I know. Had, yeah, we already had the platform, essentially. The, I'll put it this way. We already had the, the kitchen. We had the oven. <laughs> we had the... We had the the the, the uh, you got the bowl and the needed. spoons and everything ready yeah. for it. <laughs> you, you had yeah. So you know, we we already knew how to make uh, chocolate cake. Okay. Right. Okay. And we needed to make uh, red velvet cake. Okay. Okay. So so all we had to do was find the ingredient to make the um, which is I think it's called I'm not a baker but maybe coloring or whatever. Okay. <laughs> the food coloring. Okay. Yeah. So okay. so we didn't have to make it all the way from scratch like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it just took, took took a little bit of tweaking here and there and adjusted the temperature and all that stuff. And then we said, okay, instead of two bakers to be in the kitchen, let's put ten in the kitchen. Right. Right. That's where the, that's where, you know, the FDA comes in and, and going through the data and all that stuff. Like instead of having one person baking that thing, let, let's put ten bakers, the best. Right. And let's yes, and let's 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 do it. That's essentially because it's, it's, it's a high priority, so hey, we gotta get yes. our, you know, we gotta get our, our, our best people on it, and we need to expedite it and, and, and yes. things of that nature. So, and that's all the information that you're gonna get, folks. We're not gonna, <laughs> we're not, we're not gonna tell you what happened behind closed doors and what's in files and stuff. But I don't know it, so I don't want anybody to come asking me. So that's, <laughs> I got that same answer from him when I had concerns about getting vaccinated so it was the exact same example so um that's that's all the information that we're going to get but um <laughs> um but nah but you know i uh i definitely appreciate you you know taking the time to give back man i you know you're in the in the public service field and this you taking the time to share this information and helping to uh you know kind of ease some fears, man. I mean, people are going to, they're going to be fearful of, of, of the unknown. And that's just human nature, you know? Yes. So it, it's, it's going to take time. It's going to, it's going to take, you know, friends and family, um, that have been vaccinated, you know, for people to see, Hey, I'm doing fine. Or for, for people's comfort level to, you know, kind of, I guess, ease into place. Um, yes. But the sad part about it, man, it's just, it's just a process that we have to go through, man. We have to go through, you know, as, as a family, as a community, as a country yes. and globally, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just a process, man. And, and, uh, you know, unfortunately there have been so many people that have, uh, that we've lost, like you said, not only because of the vaccine, but because of misinformation surrounding the pandemic surrounding the vaccine, surrounding yes. you know the, the political aspect of it, man, and um, it's sad when yes. when politics uh, you know get in the way of humanity, I, and that's yes. you know um, yes, it's unfortunate. And let me throw this in there. So while we're still battling misinformation 
and the subsequent effect, the devastating effect of misinformation. Mm -hmm. I tell family and friends it is important that you take care of yourself. Like, do what you have to do. I'm talking about your health, eat right, exercise, get enough uh, rest, you know, uh, ease, ease up on alcohol intake. Like, these are the things that, for the most part, we, we know the right things to do. Um, and for those who don't know the right things to do, you know, just go to, you know, cdc.gov and type in, you know, healthy lifestyle and all that stuff. Like, everybody got uh, uh, the tablets. Well, not everybody. Most people have a uh, smartphone, right? They got they got computer uh, in their, their hands, right? Right. So, like, like get information on how to, to live healthy. The reason why I say that is because if it's not COVID-19, it's going to be something else. Right. And it might be already be something else you don't, we know nothing about. Right? right. So, take the time to take care of yourself so that when you get exposed, you, you, you've given your body and, and what it takes to actually fend off these, these, these dangerous viruses. Right. Uh, give yourself a fighting chance, man. There you go. Yes. Whatever 
you know, daddy, daddy didn't do right and all that stuff. Yeah. Yes, there are circumstances, but if I can do it, you can do it. I think that's what I want my legacy to, to, to sound like. Wow. And that's, hey man, that is, that is definitely, I, I feel like if more people had that same mentality in terms of what we've been afforded, you know, the things that we have that others are not privy to, um, I mean, those that would love to be, you know, in our shoes and, and, and it, 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 that's one of the things that helps to push me as well, man, because I look at it like, man, there's so many opportunities that we pass over here in the United States um, where, I mean, if if a person could even dream of having the opportunity, just, they, some, some people, they can't even fathom it. They, they can't even dream some of the things that we pass over. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if more people had that mentality of, you know, I, I have to keep pushing forward for those that couldn't be here now for those that 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 can't have the same opportunities that I have. I, I have to fly, you know, on the straight and narrow and make sure that I make something of myself because I'm honoring those people. I want to make those people proud. So that's that's you know what I'm saying that that's amazing for you to have that mentality, man. And not only not only those thousands of people, thousands of people that you said that were left behind, but you have a family. Hey, you're a father. You, you have, you know, you have two sons that look up to you. You know what I'm saying? So you know you've got to make something out of yourself to show them the way and, and, and light up their paths. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's exactly right. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what, you, what you're supposed to. And I can say this. I can be honest. Yeah. I, I didn't have my, my father... I would say he did his best, um, but it, it, it wasn't someone I looked up to. I'm just going to be honest. I didn't really, okay, that is my model. Okay. I love him. I respect him, but he's not my model of what he, what, what a father represents. Like, he has a lot of flaws. But it doesn't mean I cannot be the greatest dad I can be. And right. so how do I do that? I do that by observing other people, people like you. Right? Oh, it's like, okay, see what see what you're doing with your son. It's like, okay, man, okay. To be honest with you, and we've had conversations about that, like, you know, what you do with him and what you've told him and, and to see the man he's becoming. And I've been around your boy. I was like, for real, I was like, that dude, he's been raised right. And oh. I'm like, okay. Yeah, for real, for I, real. I, like, I just that, observe. Man. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's the best way to learn in life is look at other people, see what they're doing. It's like, okay, what, what is he doing? It's like I said, I didn't, have, I didn't have the best example growing up, yeah. but I have a good, I have good examples right in front of me. Right. So he's sort of making excuses like, oh, my daddy won this, and so I'm not, my daddy ain't this, so I'm gonna be, no, like, you can do better. Right. So that, that is, that is what I try to do. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate hey, that. You're welcome, man. It's true. It's true. I, I appreciate it. And you know, and and my pops, man, uh, you know, a he he set the bar for me. You know what I'm saying? So there you go. Yeah. So a like you said, it's all about you know what you what you see and those that you latch on to. So it if you don't have it in your household, then find it. 
so, you know, I mean, hey, like I was saying, my father, I mean, he just, you know, he set the bar for me. And then if you don't have someone in the household to set the bar for you, then that's when you search outside of the household because there are a lot of examples of people doing the right thing. So you, you can't use that, you know, as a crutch. Um, yes. You know, and, 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 and I mean, all of that, I mean, it's in, it's in a certain context because, granted, there are a lot of situations um, that people are in, and you can't make light of you know those situations. But just just in general, man, it, you just gotta have you just gotta have that grit, like you said, and continue to grind and and, and push as hard as you possibly can. That's all you can do. You can do what you can do. Um, my second question is, how do you feel? as though you're motivating your generation. I know, now I know you touched on a lot of things. I, I, it's a lot of motivating things that came out of this, this interview for me. But yeah. personally, how do you feel as though you're motivating your generation? Uh, it's, uh, uh, um, just putting myself out there. Uh, I just want to be a model for, you know, what, what it means to be uh, a, a decent black man. I don't know me like flawless black man. I'm just like someone with a story, and it's by sharing my story. Uh, I've shared my story with a lot of uh, of my colleagues whenever I get a chance. Uh, some of which come to me with you know concerns about this and that. You know, I kind of share my story because I often tell people uh, perspective is the best cure for depression. Because when you get someone else's perspective, you go, wow, my situation ain't that bad. Or you go, wow, if you can do this, if you can get to this point, I surely can do more for myself or at least I can do better. Right. And that is, that's what I just to share in my story because, um, you know, we all have our story. Our mind is unique. Our mind is a little different in my, you know. The path I took to get to this point is different from yours, it's different from the next guy, mm-hmm. but it is important that we communicate and share this story because sometimes I hear someone's story and I'm like just blown away. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. So it's by engaging in this conversation, um, you know, and, and you know, I, I know I need to do more to get my, my voice out there to share my experiences, and I, I'm going to do that uh, in due time, uh, yeah. but, but that is it, it's just sharing living life together like that whole like old school right. like how how things used to be a village you know you right. go together you just you chop it up you, you know barbershop type stuff right 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 I, I know I, I know I need to do more but you know just sharing your stories and just having organic you know uh, experiences with people where you share your life right with them and, right. and, and, and that should do it right wow um hey as I wind down any other information you would you, is there any other information that you'd like to share in regards to you know preparing ourselves for, for COVID, combating COVID, just the pandemic, or just you know healthy living in general? Anything? Any other tips you you, you may have? I will say this: um, after you've taken care of the, I call it the personal things on the per- on the taking care of things on the personal level as far as healthy living, hydration, um, getting enough rest, you know that it is important that our people remain engaged when it comes to policies. Okay. We need to hold our elected officials.
majority of it at Netflix when I should be reading up on an issue. I'm not gonna lie to you. I do. You know, right. Right. I'll be, uh, you know, what I'm saying I'll be on board, you know, uh, uh, watching the uh, uh, fix my life and stuff. Which there are some benefits in those things. Don't get me wrong, but it's important that we stay engaged, man. We have to. We need to hold them accountable. They said they're gonna do this. That's gonna benefit our communities. We need to hold them to account. Okay. We, ha- we have to. And because, to be honest with you, there's so much you can do on the individual level. Right. But when it comes to big stuff, like, you know, making sure our parks, are, you know, I mean, talking about public safety, our parks are safe for our kids to run around. You know, we should deal with food deserts in our community, you know. And, 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 and I mean, I don't want to get too deep, but, I mean, do we need do we need 10 McDonald's in our community? Mm. Do, do we? I mean, mm. I don't think so. Can we, can we get uh, healthier food choices? It goes back to our uh, our our representatives. What are they advocating for us and our community? Right. It is it, it is important because I, I shouldn't have to drive twenty miles to go to get something decent to eat. Right. Right. Uh, you wow. Know? And, and so and, and and you know for those who are into um, growing your own stuff, I encourage you do your research, grow your stuff. You know, you know, get the planter boxes. Right. Great. Yeah, that will save you money. Right. And it's healthier living. Right. So. Right. Yes. Wow. Hey, so we don't need ten McDonald's, but can we? What about five? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm joking. I'm joking, folks. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm jo- hey, I'm, I'm off. I'm off McDonald's. I've been off McDonald's for a year and a half, and, it's, and, and, it, and it, it's no coincidence that it coincides with a major event that took place. But um, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But, uh, but nah, man, I, um, hey, you know, I definitely want to thank you once again for taking the time to, uh, man, just to open up and, and share your story, share your journey, share some insight, um, because like you said, man, it, it's important. It's important for, for people to, uh, to know, you know, that there are others that may be going through similar situations, man, and they too have the ability, you know, to uh, pull themselves up by their bootstraps, man. And, and you know, if, if one person can make it, then another person can make it. And that's one thing I, you know, always tell tell my kids: Hey, it, if it can be done, you can do it. Mm-hmm. If it can be, hey, if you see something on TV, and hey, I wish I, I wish I could. You can. Because someone is doing it right now, you see it. So yes. it's not our wish; it's find out how they did it and continue to push until you succeed at it. It's, so yes. you don't even, you know, what I'm saying, you know. So I, um, I applaud you, man. Um, you know, for coming, coming to us with six dimes and a dream, and now you're a, a, a lieutenant commander, man. That's um. That's awesome, man. Got a beautiful family, you know, a respected man of the, of the community. And um, from what I heard, man, I heard you coming out with a remix album. So we, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see if it's gonna chart. I don't, I, I gotta see what's going on with it. But uh, uh, I'm gonna call it, I'm gonna call it six dimes. Six dimes. There you go. 
cent, sixty cent. That's what, that's what you. That's what you're doing now. I, I feel you. I like that. I that's like funny. that. That's good. That's good. Thank hey, you, sir. Man. I appreciate you. And, and I have to say this: thank you for what you're doing. Because you don't have to. Oh man. You don't. You don't have to. You don't. You don't. You seriously. You don't have to. Because you already. I call it creating leaders for tomorrow in your in your children. Oh, already, man. They already going to be gifts to, to our people anyway in the first place. And that is the most difficult task to achieve is to mold up these kids to be responsible people and to contribute to you know our communities. You're already doing that. So this is above and beyond. I just want to say thank you for that. Nah, man. I appreciate it, man. But, I, you know, just like you said, there's a burden on me as well um, because... There are so many people that have sacrificed, you know, before me, and I have to share in that burden as well to be able to uplift. So if, if I, you know, I have a platform, and I'm gonna use that platform for positivity, man. You know, whether it be, you know, through writing, you know, with the book, whether it be through this podcast, volunteering, um, you know, I, hey, man. We all can we all can do something to be able to uplift, man. So I'm just trying to do my small part, and um, you know, but I, I definitely appreciate that, man. And I appreciate you know all that you've done and all you're doing and all you will do. And um, hey, man, we, you, we just gonna keep on pushing, man. You know, that's right. That's all we can do, man. That's all we can do. Um, yes, sir. Anything else you wanna say? Anything else you wanna put out there before I tell the people? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I, I said it off, you know, take, take care of yourselves, you know, take care of yourself for real, um, you know, whatever you got to do to make sure everything is right, um, you know, if you to see a therapist, go see a therapist, you know, we've, we, we suffer trauma in our community, communities and we don't we deal with those trauma and then it, it just, they, they resurface in, in other, in another area in our lives and then we're just like, what is wrong with me, like whatever, anything you have to do, what you eat right, Think right, do right, whatever you need to do, you know, to, to, to be right, do it. <laughs> I like that. Hey, and on that note, Lieutenant Commander Gideon Asuzor, hey, you, you, you're definitely motivating your generation, man, and we appreciate you. You got it, man. Okay. All right. Hey, and that concludes uh, this episode of Generation Motivation, podcast. Once again, thank you for tuning in, and, um... Hey, we'll see you next time.